0: Hey, it's the Vikings post-game report, final one this preseason. I'm your play-by-play guy, Paul Allen, joined by analyst Pete Bursich. The Arizona Cardinals beat the Minnesota Vikings 18-17 in the third and final preseason game. The Minnesota Vikings had the lead for quite some time in the game, trying to win their first preseason game since 2019 against the Arizona Cardinals. They couldn't close on it. And uh, from a regular season standpoint, not really that there's much that you can uh, parlay or transfer or segue from the preseason and a game like this to the regular season. But kicker Greg Joseph, who uh, had a fantastic preseason making all of his kicks until a 54 yard try to the east side of US Bank Stadium that would have given the Vikings the lead and probably the victory. He missed it wide right. I mean, where do, where, where do you go from there, you know?
1: Good question, Paul, and I think um, it, the, the roster is going to change so much, and it's going to be so great to see Dean Lowry and, and guys like, you know, Daniel Hunter and Davenport and those guys on defense to get out there and see what they can do. So the process you're uh, still two weeks away from the opener, right? But the, 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 unfortunately for a lot of these guys, the roster is going to be cut down here pretty soon. And the scramble goes to who ends up where. And all these NFL teams are going to be looking to fill out their roster with the best possible amount of depth they can find. Uh, and for the Vikings, I don't, I don't think there were too many surprises or, or too many things that happened this preseason that took us by surprise. And, you know, I think we're ready to go.
0: Now those are the thoughts of Pete Bursich and uh, yours truly. Let's get the thoughts of Kevin O'Connell, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, here is KOC with his post-game presser.
2: Alrighty, um, we did want to, uh, you know, come out today, and, and uh, there was a lot of guys fighting, uh, whether it's to make our fifty-three man roster or, uh, you know, possible practice squad consideration. Um, today was a lot of guys playing a lot of snaps that. Uh, you know, quite honestly, I, I just have so much respect for the the grit and, and kind of the effort that we played with today. Would have loved to win the football game today. Um, you know, got off to a really good start there. Started making some substitutions, and um, you know, just didn't have the cleaner the cleanest execution late in the game to try to go. You know, uh, win that thing. I gave had one shot at a field goal. Would have liked to give G one more, um, but just couldn't manufacture a lot there um, on that last drive. Uh, backed up, but wanted to give you guys an update. Thayer Thomas did, uh, you know, go into the, the concussion protocol on that punt return, kind of a secondary thing uh, after uh, the uh, muffed catch, and he just took a, a helmet to helmet. There were a couple guys, three or four guys today that we hoped to try to get in the football game, uh, but just couldn't quite get there from an injury standpoint. That would be Jawan Williams, uh, Asazi, uh, Naji, and uh, Bo Plan. Uh, were the four guys that really were right up against it and then, uh, you know, just wanted to be smart with them, um, knowing that, uh, you know, as much as we would love to see them out there, uh, wanted to make sure that we were taking care of those guys from a health standpoint, not asking them to do too much, uh, being, uh, you know, banged up like they were. But all of them tried uh, like crazy to make it, and, uh, you know, now we've transitioned to really the toughest part of this job is the next 72 hours or so for for me, just not only from personal experience of being on the other end of those conversations, uh, but just the way training camp's gone from the work against each other to the joint practices. um, You know, a lot of guys have really laid it on the line and and done everything that they could to become Minnesota Vikings, but uh, we've got a very competitive roster. um, Feel really good about our depth and, and a lot of young guys have really shown well in different areas that uh, will give us a lot to think about. So um, we'll start that process here, um, you know, tomorrow with the coaching staff and personnel, and then uh, as we roll through early part of the week, getting down to the 53-man roster and trying to get our 16-man practice squad set.
0: What did you, you learn about Jaron Hall?
2: Yeah, I, I, the, uh, the plan was to, you know, try to Uh, get Jordan at least some series at the end there. But I just thought there was situationally such good work there that he can get. Um, But across the board, I thought came out, started really sharp uh, with that first group and that first drive. Uh, You know, Got some runs off, some some keepers, and different things to kind of get him in a rhythm. And then we get the sudden change touchdown, where he throws it uh, to Abram. And uh, I just thought the start of the football game was really indicative of where his preparation was.
1: And then it's going to get
2: hard anytime you start the substitution processes and guys are maybe in there that haven't been in there or haven't been with certain combinations up front or skill guys, whatever it is. Uh, but things that stuck out to me, his athletic ability, um, really, and, and how he applied it. There's been some times in the first couple of preseason games where I thought, you know, he got through a progression, the pocket's collapsing. You know, you can go steal us a first down or two, and he did that today. Um, you know, thought he even could have even on that last fourth down play, maybe just taken off and gotten us, uh, you know, gotten us a first down, and then who knows where we go from there. So it's just finding out. Uh, so many guys, you have to coach that out of them. Um, but he's he's a guy that we don't want to coach that out of him. But we just it's all about the application of that um, as part of his skill set because I thought he threw the ball really well today, efficient um, in and out of the huddle with the operation all the way really down uh, to the uh, you know the end of the game. So. Uh, might not show up stat sheet wise but I thought it was a real positive day for uh, Jaron, and uh, would have loved like I said for him to lead us to another field goal op to try to win that football game. Is he a guy that you want to keep around ideally and continue to develop? Yeah I, I would definitely like to, to keep him around and um, you know I think uh, you know my philosophy uh, when you're gonna draft a quarterback I think you know you've you pour into him on a daily basis development is a huge word but um, I love the fact that we got him as many reps as we did this camp, um, not only just in the preseason games, but Chris and Grant did a good job working them in when they could, you know, even with the second offense throughout the early part of camp. Uh, we did a lot of developmental periods, threes on threes, kind of throughout training camp. So I feel like Jaron um, you know, has a really, really good uh, understanding of our offense, where he can grow, uh, where his comfort level can grow, and, and hopefully uh, hit the ground running the next opportunity that he gets you mentioned the situational two minute at the end of the first half
0: um, trailing at the end of the, the game just how important are those situations to put him in um, regardless of how it turns out
2: yeah really when you think about those down the line guys that the hardest thing to do is get them the situational work um, and uh, you, you could really try to manuf- manufacture it in practice. But that's normally for your ones and twos, especially how we handle the preseason game. So that's one of the reasons why you know Jordan, I, I felt like Jordan came in and has done a really good job and wanted to get him on the field to at least get him some work. But those opportunities are so few and far between for Jaron, and, and really a lot of the guys in that huddle that I just wanted to make sure, A, we weren't asking too much of Jaron with some of the no huddle aspects of that. and or sorry, of uh, Jordan and uh, B. It was a great, great time to really have some teachable moments for Jared moving forward. Kind of figure out. (laughs) You guys know who's who. Kevin, how much have you seen Jay Ward progress over the course of camp? What have you seen? Yeah, I think uh, what shows up every time we we play these games is kind of a culmination of what we've seen on the practice field. Uh, I think we've got one of the better safety rooms in the National Football League. So, uh, you know, and that's, you know, our starters—that's you know these guys that have really made up uh, the versatility for Flo to be able to play three, four safeties in a grouping. Um, and you know we've got Lou, we've got Metellus to go along with Bynum and and Harry, and now you know Theo Jackson and and, and Jay Ward. Probably, if you were uh, ranking uh, training camps that guys have had, those two guys would be uh, you know on the top tier of of some of those rankings just because of the production. Because when you're building things for two or three safeties in the first group, you end up doing the same thing for the second group. And those guys have capitalized on that. So um, really happy with where Jay's at. He's uh, physicality, his ability to see it and go pull the trigger and try to make a play. Um, shoot, he, he almost came out of the post to pick a ball off. If it wouldn't have been high, he probably would have taken that one back the other way. And uh, he's been making plays like that, showing instincts. Um, and then the, the, be- the best thing has just been some of the physicality that we've seen um, from him not only on defense but on team so really happy with that whole safety group and um, shoot we've got six of them and 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 we're going to have some really really hard conversations that may or may or may not involve keeping all six of them because of uh, that's how strong we think that room is
1: Kevin just from a big picture standpoint now the preseason over how do you feel about the group that you're going to start week one with I know you got to make some roster cuts yeah Top of the line guys and the work that you saw from them, even if they didn't get a whole lot of time in the game.
2: Yeah, I think that's where the joint practices are so critical. You know, to get all four in when you know it'd be kind of it had kind of become a thing around the league to either cancel the second day or you know maybe cancel the whole week of them based upon circumstances that uh, you know other teams view that that's best for them. We those are so critical for us. We have such an unbelievable facility to host another team here. Um, I feel like that for the first groups on both sides, offense and defense, um, they could not be more prepared based upon our philosophy of getting guys ready. Um, we got a little help from that 97 degrees last Wednesday just to truly you know, force some of our, our guys to dig deep and work through that. It was, a, it was a grind of a day. It was probably the most reps they've had all training camp, and it happened to be the hottest day of training camp. So uh, secretly, uh, you know, I, was, I was enjoying that quite a bit. And then we came back and had one of our better days overall on Thursday in the joint work, um, which I thought was really big for our team. In both weeks, I felt like um, different challenges, uh, different types of groups on the other side, but I felt our team grow. Uh, You know, Whether it was that Friday walkthrough after the joint practices, and you can just feel it in the huddle when you call the team up and talk to them. And then talking to a lot of our veteran guys, they feel very happy. Uh, about where they're at, and they know exactly kind of what it looks like here the next 15 days or so before we're right back here, uh, you know, trying to win our home opener. Kevin, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, like Sheldon Ross, those backup defensive Yeah. Kind of your decisions you have to make there. Yeah, it's going to be tough because, um, you know, if we carry some extra numbers at some different spots, uh, we can be really versatile with our front and, and and our back end to play more guys in certain. In certain positions, different groupings. So uh, we're going to have to be, you know, razor sharp in our evals of of where those guys are and what they've done. I thought every single, you know, those two names, Sheldon and, and Ross, both kind of showed up today at different points. Run game, pass game. Um, you know, the outside backer discussion is going to be very, very uh, interesting just because of just the, you know, our guys. Our personnel department did a great job of bringing in Luigi last year. We drafted a he uh, who I w- would have loved to see get a chance to play today. And then you've got Andre, you've got Benton. Uh, so you're legitimate guys that we want to try to find a way to uh, still keep coaching and, and still watch them ascend and grow and develop. So we've got some real, real tough decisions, you know, really on that front defensively. Uh, but the versatility of our scheme um, allows us to maybe uh, try to keep the best possible 53 guys we can and 16 guys on the practice squad that may get called up. Week in and week out, and uh, that's one of the things you like about that versatile scheme is you can really fit it to your best 53. Last two
0: questions, hey, Kevin. How about Jake Gervais
2: just coming in? Yeah. To go in and every yeah, he's uh, you know when we were in a pinch there and and, and knew knew more than likely uh, we didn't want to you know Lewis um, is working his way back. I, I expect Lewis to be in a in a good spot here moving forward. But uh, you know you get within 48 hours of the game and. You've had a month, uh, month month-long training camp, and you're still adding somebody that's going to play, darn near the whole game. There's a select few, and Jake is definitely one of those guys. Having experience with him um, from the past in LA, um, came out and just, I mean, really learned every single call. Didn't get a full speed, you know, a ton of full-speed work in Thursday's practice, and then he's out there playing a whole game. So, um, give him a ton of credit, but that's who Jake Gervas is, and um, glad he was willing to come be a part of it. And I know he had a blast. Um, out there today.
1: Kevin, Was it hard to keep Brian Flores' defense like for him to be vanilla all pre- yeah. I mean, all in these games.
2: Yeah, you know what, Alec? It, it's one of those things where I find myself calling for things, um, you know, now and and uh, the response even today was, "Are you sure you want to show that?" And you know, I did want to win the football game today, so there was maybe a little bit more uh, in there on some of those situational downs, but. Uh, as everybody knows, to every single one of those calls, there's an equal and, and uh, an equal uh, counterpunch to those calls. So I don't really mind showing some things. Um, I do think our opponents probably have some things to, left to their imagination, which is, which is a good thing. Um, but uh, it, I, it's one of those things where it's probably he's more patient than I am, uh, knowing certain situations in the game and um, you know, Wes was calling it today, and, and so that allowed me to float around the headsets. I'm, I'm, I'm sure everybody's probably ready for me to get back to calling plays, so I stay out of everybody's business. Yep. So, did, did Wes call the entire game? He did. And then defensively? Uh, I believe it was Durante, uh, Jones, and uh, Mike Serravo. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, thank you, guys.
0: KOC, uh, we are into the regular season mode now. Vikings and Buccaneers, September 10th, noon kickoff, U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, but uh, back to the 18-17 loss to Arizona, uh, it was abundantly clear to me slash us early in the game. Uh, with with the play calling offensively and defensively to a certain extent, the Vikings dialed up some moments in this game we had not seen all preseason like bootlegs for Jaron Hall. He looked really good. They just hadn't gone to booting that much with, uh, with Mullins uh, and or Hall. And how would you describe the blitz yeah. by Jay Ward that was a strip sack on their rookie quarterback, Clayton Toon, Troy Reader recovered it, and a play later, Hall threw to Abram Smith for a touchdown, how how would you describe that blitz? Well,
1: that's that's exactly what everybody uh, that when we saw that Brian Flores was coming here, this is kind of what we had imagined. It's a it was a situation where you walked up, um, we had ten guys across the line of scrimmage, and so what does that leave an offense to do? They don't they don't know which guys are blitzing and which guys are faking. They dropped out a couple of linemen. They sent the linebackers and Hall off the edge, so Hall was unblocked. You don't see in this in the NFL too often. A guy come off an edge of an offensive line, unblocked, completely free, to the quarterback. So, you know, the the Cardinals weren't prepared for that. We had never shown anything like that. And I think that speaks to what you said earlier about Kevin O'Connell wanting to make some big plays, about wanting to win this game because these guys are working hard, and and he wants them to have that good feeling. But uh, so... That's just a that's a sneak peek behind the curtain as to what the, the flexibility, I would say, of the fronts and the coverages and the blitzes that we're going to see on defense this year.
0: The BYU product, Jaron Hall, fifth-round pick. Uh, the rookie went 16 of 27, 178. That touchdown to Abram Smith. He threw an interception late to Sean Chandler. That paved the way for uh, Arizona points. Fellow rookie Dwayne McBride ran eight times for 37 yards. And he did score a touchdown, so he has two touchdowns in the preseason. Uh, we know Alexander Madison and Ty Chandler are in the mix. Uh, Kene Wanwu uh, did not play at all during the preseason, hasn't practiced in quite some time due to injury. But with Dwayne McBride, does this kind of feel like a redshirt year, maybe practice squad, or what?
1: Uh, it depends on the depth that you that you want to go into the season with. I mean, Kene Wanwu right now, not even being on the field – in in combined practices or anything, um, you know that's a that's a big question mark. It gives Dwayne McBride more chances. I think you were at, you, you you nailed it early on in the preseason when Dwayne McBride was not necessarily in the favor of the coaches. Right there are some things going on, and I think toward the end of this preseason he kind of earned that back. So from a depth standpoint, not a lot of experience, right? Not a lot of not a lot of uh, of game action. Once you get past Alexander Madison, so we're very young in that room. Um, and Ty Chandler, I think he's going to have to make that big leap. This is going to be a big year for number 32, Ty Chandler.
0: Now, with um, with the final preseason game, uh, generally speaking from your days as a coach, I would say, or just what you, you've known over the last decade and a half plus uh, calling Vikings games on the radio, how set is the 53 and the practice squad even before a game like today
1: uh i would say about 98% i think i think that the teams have and the coaches and the and the staff they have a very good idea of who they want um, i think the only thing left to be to be discussed are those two or three guys that well if they play well enough are we going to be able, and we still want to keep them are we going to be able to sneak them to the practice squad and i think that's going to be the big question is if, if some guys that stick around make this team that you're not, you're kind of scratching your head about, that's the reason why they want to protect those guys that they know will get snatched up or picked up by some other team right away. So, uh, and the other thing too is when it comes to veterans, they. Prefer to not have them necessarily on the opening day roster that opening week. So even after that first week goes by, you can still bring in some veterans, pay them week to week. You're not tied into the entire contract because they're vested. So there's a lot of moves that can be made. But uh, you know, hopefully uh, for the Vikings, those decisions are the backups and the special teams guys, and not necessarily starters. Because if you're getting if you're getting that deep in the into the roster. In your first week or two of the season, that's a tough one. You can
0: listen to Pete and I, along with Ben Lieber, call each and every Minnesota Vikings game on your flagship FM 100.3 KFAM. And don't forget uh, to follow Vikings.com and continuing coverage up to the regular season opener. September 10th here against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Vikings failed to win a game during the preseason. Let the regular season begin. For Pete Bersich, I'm Paul Allen. That's the Vikings post-game report.